I'm Jack Albino with the Newport Harbor Beacon, and today we're going to be interviewing the legend, Mr. Brazelton. So, Mr. Brazelton, how's your day going so far? So far, so good. Typical, awesome. uh, typical chaos. If it's a day that ends in Y, it's it's chaos. Yeah. Yep. It's all good. Mr. Brazelton teaches IB Astro and Physics here at Newport yep. Harbor, and this year is his last year, I believe. Possibly. It is indeed. Yes. And this is year 29 at Harvard. 31, is, 31 total teaching. That is amazing. 29. Yeah, I started oh teaching when I was five years old. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not admitting to how old I am. Yeah. Very nice. Good strategy. Good strategy. Yep. Awesome. Well, um, that was actually my first question was how long have you been teaching? Yeah. So, perfect. 20, 29 years. Yep. That is amazing. Well, 30, yeah, started 30, teaching 31 years ago, substitute taught for a year before that. Awesome. But yeah, my first two years were at at a junior high in Garden Grove, and I Ooh. couldn't get out of junior high fast enough. Just like students who are in junior high can't Smart. get out of there fast enough. Exactly, it's, yeah. It's, it's hard enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, teaching junior high students does not sound fun. No, it, it yeah. was, uh, definitely did not, did not match to what I felt like were my strengths. So, exactly, I mean, none yeah. of them really listen. They're all little nightmares in that This grade. is true, yeah. <laughs> yep. It's a bit hard. I, I'm not. I'm not prison wardenish enough. Exactly. To, yeah. To be, you need to be a like middle school teacher. Just it's so strict. So I, I strict. I think I'm a little too chill. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, what do you enjoy about teaching the most? Like, no two days are ever the same. No, two, uh, you could almost say no two periods of the same class are ever the same, and just being able to. You know, when I get in the car to come to work every day, I'm always thinking about all of the cool stuff I'm going to get to do, um, kinds of questions I'm going to get asked that I know I'll get asked by my students. It's just, I, I never come to school with the pit in my stomach of, oh my gosh, I have to go to work. It's, I, I love what I do. That's yeah. amazing. That's great to hear. And you do so many fun things in your class. You do the trebuchets, the boats at the end of the year. Yep. Ivy yep. Astro, we've been doing some really cool, like, stargazing at night. Yep. Got, got another one coming in a couple of weeks, right awesome. after Thanksgiving. Yep. Perfect. Yeah, those are so much fun. Good. I've Good. gone to both and they were great. So, um, what is your summer? What have, What are some of your favorite memories here at Newport Harbor? Ooh, favorite memories. Oh boy, I, it, I've got I've got favorite memories in lots of categories. I guess Ooh. you could say favorite memories of. Um, just my favorite high school teaching experiences have probably been um, extracurricular stuff, field studies that I've been on with students um, taking, a, I took a group of about 30 students over to the Big Island of Hawaii and we went up, went up to the observatories on the top of Mauna Kea, we went on a night snorkel with manta rays, we went to Volcanoes National Park and hiked across an extinct volcanic caldera. Um, wow. So some pretty cool memories in terms of things that I've done. Um, one of my kind of closest to my heart memories was a, a student who I, so currently I'm teaching physics and astro. I've taught chemistry, AP chemistry, biology, just about every, almost every class that's ever been offered at Harbor. I, I taught at one point or another other, wow. than, other than AP physics. Um, the calculus part of my brain has been out of commission for so long, I, I'd fall apart there. Um, I understand, yeah. But I was teaching chemistry at the time, and in the middle of a lesson, and 
this man comes to the doorway dressed in his navy uniform, like his dress blues. Oh, wow. And I'm like, can I, can I help you? And he goes, oh, hi, Mr. Brazelton. I'm looking at him thinking, okay, this is a former student. Who is this? And I'm running through it in my head. And he introduced himself. I'm like, oh, I remember you. And he, tell, and he had stopped by while he was home on leave to tell me that when he was in my class like six years earlier, that the one small unit that we had done on nuclear chemistry just got him so interested in nuclear reactions that he had joined the Navy, gone to, gone to college, studied nuclear chemistry. He is, at the time, he was a nuclear reactor tech on board a nuclear submarine. That nice. was, and he's Amazing. like, it's all because of what we did in your class for those couple of days and wow. That was, that was pretty wild realizing, you know, having somebody come into my classroom years later saying that something that they had experienced in my class had altered the trajectory of their life. That was cool. And I've, I've had other, other former students come back and, and share similarly, but that one stuck out because I did remember him in class, but he, he was really quiet and you know solid student did well but i never felt like i really connected with him yeah just one of the students that yeah he was in my class and i talked to him a bit but i didn't feel like i had made like a, this really strong connection with him and lo and behold apparently i was wrong you inspired and, and that was That's amazing so i i remember that as like to to remind me that even what i think are the small interactions or maybe even the non-memorable interactions. For me, they might seem that way, but for another another human, it might make all the difference. So yeah. to make sure that I'm I'm aware of that, so that I don't I don't minimize any of those interactions, and and I try to always make sure that I'm putting forth my best effort because you never know when that particular instance might be critical and. And if I didn't give it everything that I had in that moment, then I failed that kid. That's yeah. amazing to think about. And that's so cool that he like came back and was like, yeah. you are yep. the reason that I do this. That is amazing. Awesome. Do you have any like specific students you think about like that stand out in your career? Um, to you or no, I, just like... Oh, I definitely do. You do? Yeah. Awesome. And for a huge variety of reasons. Yeah, there's, you know, I could probably name the top, you know, two or three kids that in, in my class, they stood out as just being phenomenally brilliant in that particular subject. And then there are the kids that were just really freaking cool young human beings. And, and then there are the, the ones that were total pains in the ass yeah. while they were here. But I know that when I was your age, I was a total pain in the ass for my high school teachers. Stories I could tell, oh, maybe that'll be a question coming up. Um, but I, I always have to check myself if I find that, my, that I'm getting frustrated or irritated by a particular student's behavior that Oh yeah, I was a high schooler once too, and I was, I'm sure I was a nightmare for some of my students. Um, or for, I'm sorry, for some of my teachers. So yeah, I've got memories of, of that, and there's, yeah, there are all kinds of 
different reasons that I, there are specific students that have embedded themselves in my memory. Um, and even the ones that some people think, oh, that's really bad because whether it was you know, negative behavior or a student that I caught cheating yeah. or whatever, but even those students, they, they have redeemed themselves through making themselves better, making better decisions. And so I still have positive memories of those that some people would think it would be negative. That's that really sense. cool that like there's um, always a, or most of the time a positive yeah. spin to it in the yep. end. I, I always try to find that because, uh, yeah, if, if you don't look for the good in, in experience and people and, and life events, then you're gonna focus on the negative when, no, that's, that's a black hole of despair and, and misery that doesn't deserve your time or energy. It's a really so. good way to look at things. To so. go back to the um, fact about like your high school, uh -huh. was there anything that like really inspired you to become a teacher? Thinking back to my high school experience, I wouldn't say anything at the time, no. When I graduated high school, I came down, I grew up in Santa Barbara, came down here to go to UC Irvine. I was actually pre-med. Oh, wow. um, so I was, a bi I was a biology major there. Um, and about midway through my junior year, I, I realized, well, I'm, I'm already taking out student loans to go through undergrad. I don't want to take out loans to go to med school, and I'm not sure that's something I want to do. Yeah. Um, so I graduated college. I had run cross country and track all the way through high school and college. And my last year of college, I started racing triathlons, started swimming and cycling and, and started having some pretty decent success, qualified for the world championships um, about six, eight months after I graduated from college. Um, so I just, I worked at what's now Two Wheels, One Planet I, wor I worked there during the day. I waited tables at Spaghetti Factory at night wow. down on the peninsula um, and shared an apartment with my best buddy from college. He and I trained together. We had both we both worked at the same places. Oh, that's And awesome. we just trained our asses off and ra we raced all over the southwestern U.S. for about nine months. And he actually decided to get his professional license, started racing professionally, and you know, had to couch surf at friends' houses and barely made enough to to buy food, let alone oh, move on. And I I decided I was going to try to figure out what to do with the rest of my life and keep doing that for fun, but seek out a career. And a, a guy that I was training with actually was a teacher at Corona Del Mar at the time. He had been on the Olympic water polo team in the in the 80s, um, and then taken up triathlon. His wife had won the Hawaii Ironman a few years earlier oh um, and he kept telling me hey if you want a if you want a job that's gonna let you be a dad to your kids when you have kids um, so that you know if you're a teacher you'll have the same schedule as your kids you'll be able to be involved in their lives you won't be traveling for work all the time and um, plus you'll have the flexibility you'll you know if you're working at a high school you have a pool to swim in a weight room You've got time, maybe in the afternoons or evenings, to train and do all this. I'm like, wow, that sounds really interesting. I got a job as a sub in Garden Grove and, and realized, wow, this is actually really cool. And then I started thinking back on my high school experience. Then I started to realize, oh, that's why some of my teachers, you know, 
interacted with me the way that they did when I was being such a little shit in their classes. You can't publish that word, right? But when I was being such a turd in their classes and you know, they would rip me and you know, I would I would get in trouble, but they would help set me straight and I realized, wow, it's actually because they cared about me. <laughs> and and they and they realized that what they were doing was more than teaching me about you know, whether it was my government class or my physics class or whatever, yeah. that they were actually teaching me how to, trying to teach me how to be a better human. Yeah. And anyhow, so it, it all fell into place after that. And That's really so, cool, yeah. Yeah. So I, I subbed for a year, got my credential, got the job in Garden Grove, and came here two years later, and yep, I, and that same, that same friend, he told me, that the job there was a, a position open at Harvard, and he said, "If you get that job, I guarantee you it'll be the last job you have. You'll that will be where you finish out your career." And here we are. Yeah. So that's awesome. He was right. That's yep. super cool. And now I raised my kids in this district. My both of my daughters went to Woodland, Kaiser, um, Ensign, then here to Harvard, and I was able to be. What, what I didn't have when I was growing up, I was able to have, you know, provide them a, a dad that took them to swim meets and dance recitals and practice and, you know, was actually there and present, for, in, their present in their life. That's so, super yeah. awesome. That's that like it. perfect. Yes. Yeah. Um, to go off your, um, like, physical achievements, I believe last year you said that you did an Ironman in Hawaii, uh -huh. if I'm not wrong. Done four. Did it four. Did it four times, yeah. How did you like prepare for that? Like that is a crazy uh, thing to prepare honestly, for. Honestly, now that you know my my racing days are very much in my rear view mirror, I, I still go out and and train with the same people that I've been training with for decades. That's and we've all gotten older and slower. Um, but we reflect back and it's like, how did we do that? When when what we try to do now just kicks our asses sideways and it's like <laughs> we used to do what now? Yeah. Um, but it, it was all about just being 100% committed to that goal of qualifying for the world championship, going to it as, as fit as possible. Um, but some would argue it's a, it can become an unhealthy um, obsession because you can, you can train so much that you know, you wind up breaking down your, your own body, whether yeah. it's injury, illness, and it's such a huge time commitment. Yeah. You know, back when I was, when I was training for long course racing, I would, I would cycle 300 miles a week, so that's about 15 hours on, on the bike. I'd run 50 to 60 miles a week, so that's another, you know, 8, 10 hours. I'd swim maybe... 15 to 20,000 yards a week. So you're looking right there. That's another how like six hours in the so pool. And I'd lift weights three times a week. Yeah. So I, I led a very structured life where, you know, when I was here at work, I was just ripping through, you know, as soon as papers were changing, I'd grade them, get them done, grade those tests, make those copies, do it so that when that bell rang, I was here as little as possible after after the end of the day so that I could then go and train until the sun set, oh go home, eat dinner, clean up, pass out, get up in the morning, do it again. Repeat the same thing. Yeah. That and is insane. Because, yeah, an Ironman is no joke. It's a, like, it's a long day. Yeah. Yep. 
that is but again I, I look back on it and I think how the heck did I do that yeah, but um, it's just so amazing that you did it still. Like yeah. you can look back, you did four. Like but that's it, incredible. It was good. It, it taught me a lot of lessons that have applied to other areas of my life. Exactly. That, yeah. You know, you realize when you when you put your mind to something and your body to a, a task and, <laughs> and achieve it, despite all of the you know, whether it's getting sick, getting injured, all of the time management issues and family juggling and and feeling like you were able to get through it and get it done successfully, um, to then apply those same lessons of time management and perseverance and, and being dedicated to the goal even when it doesn't feel like you're making progress toward it. Yeah. Um, short term, you know that long term you are, that those, those days that feel like you're not really getting, making anything better, you're still putting your effort into it and, and helping to you know sculpt that that end product and exactly. even if you didn't make a huge dent that day you did make a difference that's going to wind up paying off down the road um it's yeah. like a so, really important lesson that's amazing yeah yeah and um to go off the iron man thing what like inspired you to do it really like just because you wanted to prove it to yourself or yeah i i i think that was a large part of it um seeing what's the you know, in in the realm of what I was involved in, what's what's the hardest thing you can do it, within that field that exactly. I that I can find to do? Um, I I wouldn't say that I, you know, I I did have some good races there, but I don't think they were my best athletic performances. There were some other triathlon races that I I had like better days, if yeah. you will, um, and felt like not that I could have gotten any more out of my body, but um, I, I think that maybe I being six foot three and you know just my physiology and biomechanics, maybe that wasn't the ideal match for my strengths and weaknesses. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I did feel like I was able to, you know, 90 plus percent maximize my performance, but there were some other races that I feel like I absolutely just nailed it where it just yeah. had magical days yeah and, and it just like perfectly fit your physicality like yep. it was made yeah. for you and and just i was on that particular day i was firing all cylinders everything you know no matter how hard it i was going it i felt like there was always that extra bit to push exactly. so i would do it and it's like oh i can keep going more and keep going more and then i'm at the finish line and oh my god how did i that all came together and then you're wrecked afterwards but yeah you're like destroyed everything's sore yep. like yeah yeah um is there anything like other like physical wise that you enjoy doing outside of teaching besides just like all the training and stuff um, which is a lot so so my my wife and i have a camper van and we like just going out with with our dog and getting away from civilization and That's disconnecting really, yeah. and you know not that we're completely alone you know we're going to campground with other people whether exactly. it's in lake tahoe or wherever we go uh, but we we enjoy doing that um i really love to cook um which is a good thing because i like to eat as well um, Perfect which is one of the reasons i like to exercise so that i can justify everything i eat although i lately i haven't been burning off as much <laughs> as i've been taking in but that's another story so uh, let's see. What what else you got on the on the list? Um, 
A few COVID-19 questions, because during the pandemic was probably difficult for you, because I know that you were cancer treatment yep. survivor. Yep. Which is again impressive with all your Ironman feats, which is but crazy. Like, like I said, that no that that athletic history I think paid off when I was going through treatment. You exactly. know, the whole idea of recognizing that oh man, this really this, just like training can be painful and challenging, but that's what makes the races better. That's and right. so there were times during treatment where I just felt awful. Yeah. And felt physically worse than more discomfort than I had ever felt yeah. in, in any self-inflicted realm. Um, but knowing, well, I, I handled that and I was able to push on through that. So thank you, sir. So I should be able to push through this because I know as much as this sucks now, I know what the end goal is. You know, yeah, the end goal is to still be alive, but that, you know, there's a, a an end to this, that on this date, I'm going to be done with, oh, with this phase of it. And yeah and I can put it behind me. So um, kind of that, that mindset. And actually, um, when I was first diagnosed, um, well, back up in, in my racing days, um, and you know, if you were to talk to guys and gals on the swim team before big meets, um, they'll shave down, you know, they'll yeah. shave arms length. And I would do that prior to big championship races. And a lot of it is, is just psychological, just focusing the act of doing that is kind of saying, okay, I'm preparing myself yeah. for this huge physical endeavor. Exactly. Um, but the night before I went in for my first chemo treatment, I, I knew, well, I'm gonna be losing my hair anyway. So I had my daughters shave my head and shave everything. And it's like, all right, we're, and I, it was basically putting on, you know, race face. Of, all right, we're gonna, we're gonna go do this and go to battle. That is but a really yes, cool philosophy. I'm going to probably like wrap it up on these parts. Um, I'm just going to do a few COVID questions probably and then yeah, wrap yeah. it up for you so you don't have too much time spent doing this. No, I'm, I'm here anyway, as you can see. Awesome. Um, okay, so the COVID stuff yeah. with your bot battle with cancer. Right. So right. like, how was it with like all the restrictions, but they didn't put a lot of restrictions out there, like enough at least for so it to be it, very safe? At, at school? Keep yeah, talking at school. So when when school opened back up, yeah, like um, I was actually able to, thanks to Dr. Bolton, um, we got it worked out with the district. I was able to keep te keep teaching virtually. Okay. Um, so there was a sub in my room, um, but I was still teaching on Zoom, so that the students that were here in per in person would have their devices up on screen with me, yeah. get stuff done. Um, and that actually continued, um, yeah, for the better part of a year, actually. Yeah. Um, so that was that was good. And then once everything opened back up, you know, COVID's still floating around. Exactly. Out there, like but that's why that's why I was able to get you know I've got All the six, six huge HEPA filters going. I've got the AC system constantly pushing air out, whether it's cool air or not, it's always circulating Perfect. Yeah. Um, in order to filter the air. And, you know, hopefully the fewer students have been getting sick and, you know, I stay masked for obvious reasons. Exactly, um, yeah. So, yeah, it turns out one of the, the, the mixture of chemo drugs that were given to me for the type of cancer that I had, one of them is known to have um, lung toxicity yeah. and 
what was wild is every time, you know, it was all done through IV, every time they put that bag on the rack and it started going in, I, within five minutes I would feel it here yeah. in my chest. And, oh, it literally felt like I had ants crawling around oh, in, in my terrible. It was strange experience and I asked my doc he's like that's that's normal that's yeah. normal it's because it for you know whatever reason it, it loves to tinker with your your lung tissue oh. um, so I've got I've got some scarring in my lungs and ever since going through treatment I've been really susceptible to respiratory stuff yeah the, in the fall of 19 so the semester before COVID hit yeah um, I caught a cold twice Oh. And both times within three, four days had pneumonia. Oh so, my God. yeah. So yeah. that's why I'm so cautious, COVID-wise. That makes sense. You know, I, I, I demasked here so that you could catch me on the recording. And yeah. I figure there's few enough people in here now, and we're far enough apart. Safe but, enough. But yeah, but I, I tend to be extremely, um, just extremely cautious about yeah. it for. Hopefully, obvious reasons. That's, yeah, Everybody's been pretty obvious. damn respectful about it, so yeah, it's all good. No, it's yep. very obvious reasons. Cause like I'm only like slightly susceptible to it, cause um, I have two heart defects, and but like yeah. only slightly still, so I can't even imagine like what yeah. it is like for yeah. you. Cause, I mean, but like I the just, pneumonia. I just thing. don't want to find out. So exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll keep playing it safe. Yeah. Yep. The pneumonia thing you were talking about. I always have to go to the ER if I get a sinus infection. Yep. Because yeah. it can go straight to my uh, artery that I'm missing that's synthetic, uh -huh. and it can annihilate it basically and just okay, yeah, like give me a heart attack or like so you lose blood. So have you had? Yeah, I've heart, had um, heart surgery. I've had three open heart surgeries and seven surgeries in oh, total. So you got a you got a nice scar on there. Pretty nice okay. scar right there. Yeah. Okay. Scars are like tattoos. Exactly. But with better stories. Exactly. So, yeah. Yep. But um, yeah. I definitely know what the like susceptibility feels like, but yeah, I can't imagine on that level yeah. though. That's intense. <laughs> to probably like end it off, I guess. What made you decide that you wanted to retire this year? Uh, a multitude of factors. Um, primarily, I'm running out of steam. <laughs> that is fair <laughs> enough. That is the last I, I've noticed. Especially, thank you. Well, let let me ask you. The, the interviewer, you know, you've been through four years at Harvard. You've yep. had 20 plus teachers in your in your time here. Um, would it, would you rank? Where would you rank me on the spectrum of energy level of teachers in the classroom? In terms of, because I I feel like I I try to be very high energy and up and about, and by the time I get home at the end of the day. It used to be I'd get home and I'd have enough energy to you know, go to the gym, go swim, go. I get home the last two or three years. I get home, done, cooked. Yeah. And and I've just started. I've started to notice that in order to reachieve that balance, I need to scale back on what I'm willing to, on the output I'm willing to give. Yeah. And I'm not willing to make that compromise. That is fair enough. And, and, and I don't want to be the guy that, or gal, I don't want to be the teacher that the students and their parents are saying, you know, Brad's probably should have retired a year or two ago because he's, you know, he might have had some mojo, but not so much anymore. And I want to, I want to make sure that I, that I bow out before I, maybe I'm at that point to other people, but 
I, I feel like I haven't reached that point to myself yet, and I yeah. don't want to get there. So. That is. That's the that's one of the motivators, um, and um, my my wife is six years older than I am, so knowing that you know I'm starting to wear out. She's telling me she's noticing the same, and it's like, I want to make sure that I that we have lots of good years of being able to go out camping, travel, whatever. Exactly. Um, after I've retired, I don't want to keep going until we're so old that we can't really can't do anymore. anything. Yeah. yeah, that is yep. a fair enough thing. But to answer your question before, I feel like you have probably by far the most energy of any teacher I've ever had. Okay. And it's honestly though why I love your class so much because That's, it's like amazing. It's why I took IB Astro because yeah. I loved your physics class so much right. and you were such a great teacher and I was like That sounds like it sounds like a really hard class, but with Brazelton teaching it It sounds like it's gonna be amazing and I, I appreciate you saying that because it it just validates you know it, 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 it makes me know that I'm I'm not I'm not underdoing it. You're definitely not so. underdoing it. You are, but but like I far. said, I I feel like that's that's just how I do what I do, and yeah. it's starting to get to the point where um, I'm I'm not going to be able to do it to the level that I know my students deserve, and I, I want to make sure that I that I exit before I should have. Yeah, <laughs> that is <laughs> that a fair enough sense. reasoning. No, that's yep. a good reason I'm like, like the pro ball player that uh, is past their prime and is weighing the team down um, I don't want to be that I don't want to be the anchor to the sailor ship so there you Perfect go note, yeah. yeah awesome um final question I guess really is what do you think the legacy you're leaving at Newport Harbor is what do you feel um, I, I'm hoping that uh, whether a, a student enjoyed my class or not, that science can be fun, school can be interesting, and not just the material, yeah. but just the interactions with other people. Um, and, and hopefully in you know, even the minor, the, the small day-to-day -day or the really big um, interactions I've had with kids that um, hopefully they take away that oh it's it's possible to you know have been you know hopefully they're they're aware of the path that I've followed and the the road that I've been led down in my life and and realize oh somebody can actually go through some pretty hard stuff and not be a bitter old man and still love what they're doing and love who they're doing it with and um, yeah but yeah, there's a there's a whole lot more we could we could talk about. But exactly. Yeah, when you were asking about my my high school days, and yeah, I was I was a little turd. I was also I was tiny. Um, I didn't. I, I started my junior year at five foot four, ended my junior year at six foot two. Wow. So grew, but that means my freshman and sophomore year I was the runt of of the class and that was due to a whole bunch of un unpleasantness of my, my adolescent years. Yeah. Um, but in, in high school, because I was such a little runt, and also, you know, some people may have noticed I can be a little sarcastic and, and a little, a little uh, 
overly talkative sometimes. Um, so I, I wound up getting, I, I got picked on, got bullied by upperclassmen and, and went through a, a lot of that. And it took me until college and a few years after to get some self-confidence. And you know how much of that drove my choice to you know pursue athletic endeavors like I did. Yeah. Probably, I'm sure Dr. Freud would have a uh, a heyday analyzing that, but yeah. I, I know that played it played a part of it. it. Was just you know proving to me my own self worth. Um, but then being here and knowing how ch the challenges that I faced in in high school, um, knowing that a lot of my students face similar challenges, face even more serious, more life-threatening, more emotionally traumatizing. Um, hopefully my experience opened my brain up to that so that I, I recognize that my, my students are not just you know, student ID numbers that get points put into the gradebook and, yeah. and I tabulate a grade, but they're, they're small humans that are growing into you know functioning adult good humans. Um, and that I need to help help prove to them that despite whatever garbage they've been through, they're going through, they will go through, that you know, those are just challenges that you respond to, but they don't define you. And yeah. That is so, yeah, that's an amazing message to leave behind. So I I'm hoping that you know, maybe not everybody that goes through my classroom picks up on that, but hopefully some do. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I appreciate the fact that when I do run into former students and current students out out in the wild that they'll actually come up to me and not like see me and go oh John's him and, and, and turn the other way away, yeah um, so that that tells me I've, I've done something right over the years exactly yeah, yeah. so yeah there oh, you thanks. go speaking of which you'll you'll want you'll want this story okay so make sure to get it real close to you for this one this this must have been about 20 years ago I'm in Olympia, Washington, just south of Seattle, for my cousin's wedding. It's Labor Day weekend, so this is back when we started after Labor Day. Yeah. Uh, and the wedding had happened the day before. It's the next day. We're packing up, getting that, getting ready to leave the hotel room. And I'm standing in the doorway of my hotel room talking to my sister across the hall. She's standing in her doorway, and our kids are running back and forth. and. You know, we're getting ready. It's like six in the morning. We're getting ready to go to the airport. And I'm standing there in nothing but SpongeBob boxes, right? Talking to my sister across the hall. This family comes walking down the hall with their oh, luggage in tow. You can see where this is going. Yep. <laughs> so the dad goes by, the mom goes by, the teenage daughter goes by and stops and goes, oh, hi, Mr. Brazelton. What are you doing oh, here? No. And then she looks and goes, nice boxers, and keeps on walking. So then that young lady, every time I saw her on campus the entire school year, she'd be walking by and go, hey, Mr. Brazelton, nice boxers, and keep on walking. So you just never know when you're gonna run into a former or current student. And uh, I'm, I'd like to think that I, the, the impression I've made upon those former students will lead to interactions like that rather than them using it as some kind of blackmail material. Exactly, they exactly. Didn't like me. So. Yeah. But, yeah. Um...